When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to this week's edition of the We Are Podcast with DK Pittsburgh Sports Podcasting Network. He's Corey Geiger. I'm Jared Pergar. Corey, we're well into the offseason. Recruiting has kind of died down in advance of the second signing day. But for Penn State, they had a pretty good week for recruiting, even if they didn't really land anybody. Yeah, you know what? Here's what's interesting about Penn State, Jared. Last week, you know, we had a great discussion on reasons to be optimistic for the Penn State football program. And here's one. Obviously, everybody knows Penn State recruited well with the number six class in the country and landing Drew Aller, landing Nick Singleton, the National Player of the Year. This week, denied Dennis Sutton, uh, got a fifth star. So they have three five-star guys. So I thought maybe we could talk a little bit about just take a step back from, you know, what Penn State football has been over the last year or two and James Franklin's contract and, and you know, recruiting rankings. And just kind of look at the big picture of, you know, there are a lot of things going well for the Penn State football program off the field, even though things have not gone well on the field. And I think that's pretty fascinating. You're talking about going four and five in 2020, going seven and six in 2021, Jared. You would think that people would be jumping ship. That's not the case. You're, you've got this good recruiting coming in, and you really haven't had significant losses in the transfer portal. Noah Kane leaving, but you know that that wasn't you know too too huge of a blow. So if you follow what I'm saying, like connecting the dots you would think that the Penn State program is really struggling after two bad seasons on the field. But if you looked at everything off the field, you would think this program is in really good shape. Yeah, and it's weird because two or three years ago, Noah Kane transferred. Absolutely, you would think that probably the world's falling apart and Penn State's in shambles. But let's be real, the results haven't added up on the field, but, but the guys that are playing are staying, and the guys aren't going anywhere. I mean – and people still want to play at Penn State. Penn State is a brand. Penn State is, is where people want to play. It's a showcase school. It's a, it's a school where you get to play in front of 110,000 fans every home game, essentially. And, you know, obviously that's a destination. In this class, what's impressive to me is that up until earlier this year, or not earlier this year because it's 2022 now, but 2021, most of this class had never been on Penn State's campus, yet still, still enrolled at Penn State, still – accepted their offers from Penn State but I think it speaks volumes to the relationships that James Franklin has built both on campus and off campus both on campus with his student athletes and off campus with their families because if you see a lot of these parents on Twitter 
they love James Franklin. James Franklin is a guy who's a res- is a respectable, great role model uh, for his players. You can say what you want about game day stuff and, and X's and O's, but the fact of the matter is he's a great role model for these people, and these parents trust him. He's going back, and since, you know, for this uh, this class, he's going back and re-recruiting the parents. He's going back through and visiting those parents because he wasn't able to do that due to COVID. And I think that speaks volumes to the character of the man that he is. And and really, let's not kid ourselves. Nobody At this point, the, the parents, yeah, they want their kids to be coached up and have a great experience. But they don't give a damn about the X's and O's. They are trusting him with their babies, with their with their with their kids. And that's what makes coaching so special. And I think that's where Penn State is having the most success. Right. And they're and so it kind of begs the question of why? Why is everybody still buying in to Penn State? Now you brought up a really good point about the kids couldn't come on campus for more than a year with the dead period. Well, we, we have talked a lot about that in the past, that the Penn State coaches must have been just sensational, sensational at building relationships through Zoom and non-traditional ways of recruiting, right? Because look, you get a kid on campus at Penn State, the campus is going to sell itself to a lot of kids. But when kids couldn't come, come on campus, you had to sell them in a lot of other ways. And, and, and you made that point of people do really gravitate toward James Franklin. And by extension, we can't just make this about him, but, but the, the other coaches on the staff. Okay, but let me throw this factor out. A lot of these coaches are gone now, okay? Brent Pry leaving. Um, you know, other co- assistant coaches have been leaving over the last two or three years. So conventional wisdom would tell you, okay, you got people leaving, you're losing games, why should I buy into you? Well, but they are still, and that's where that, look, we could, you could simplify it, and, and the, the, you know, the pro James Franklin crowd, you know, would say, or the pro Penn State crowd even would say, well, because Penn State is awesome, and James Franklin is awesome. Okay, well, if, if you just want to go that, that's fine. But there are a lot of other awesome places. There are a lot of other awesome programs. There are a lot of other awesome coaches. And yet Penn State is still not only holding its own, but thriving. And I, I just think it's, I think it's a very fascinating dynamic. Because if I just told you four and five one season, seven and six another season, assistant coaches leaving, defensive coordinator leaving, um, all kinds of concerns about, uh, you know, whether the coach is going to be staying or not. I would probably surmise, Jared, that that football program going through all of that is probably really struggling in a lot of areas off the field. And that is just not the case for Penn State. Yeah, it's really bizarre because if you think about it, I'm, I want to know how these guys looked up State College, Pennsylvania, without being there on campus. Because if you're familiar with Central Pennsylvania – and let's say you're driving from Altoona. Let's use Altoona or even Harrisburg on 322, but let's go Altoona from 99 to State College. You can drive through Altoona, Tyrone, and then you all you see is country and you see mountainside. And then you roll up and, and you see the Grayswood exit and you see the Atherton exit. And then you see Mount Nittany Hospital. And then you see Beaver Stadium. And then you see 
country and mountains again. To see that on Google Maps, you just see this little blip. You just see this little blip of civilization in the middle of central Pennsylvania. And I think that's, hey, that's well, fascinating. Welcome to, the, welcome to the podcast, Terrell Pryor. That's right. That's and, exactly what he said. That place is too country for me. You you just described Terrell Pryor's argument for why, why he didn't go to Penn State. But again, as you mentioned earlier, the Penn State brand will sell a lot. James Franklin is really good at building relationships. And look, let's let's not forget this very, very key component. And this is something, hey, Jared, you're a 17, 18-year-old kid playing football. What's your goal? You want to go to the NFL. You want to go to the NFL. What does Penn State do really well? Get guys to the NFL. They get guys ready for the NFL. That's why Dwight Galt was such an important factor. You know, you're looking at, you're looking at the number of early and mid-round draft picks Penn State is going to have again this year, um, and that's what guys want. And so, but it is that you know, if you just take a step back, if look, if people are listening to this We Are podcast, you're a Penn State fan. You're going to bleed blue and white most likely. You're going to see things through the blue colored glasses, and and you're going to think, well, why wouldn't they come to Penn State? Penn State's awesome. Why wouldn't they love James Franklin? He, okay, I, what I'm asking you to do is step back a little bit into reality that Penn State is really the 10th, 15th, 17th best football program in the country. James Franklin is the 12th, 15th, 20th best coach in the country. There are places better than Penn State. And yet Penn State got three five-star commits, the number one quarterback in the country, the number one running back in the country. Nobody's leaving. I think this is a key component. Nobody's jumping ship from the transfer portal. Virtually nobody. Again, Noah Kane, and yeah, they've had nine or ten guys enter, but these are not consequential players. Now, the flip side is they're not landing guys from the transfer portal right now either, Jared, and we can talk about that too. They're, they're not a destination for some of these other huge transfer portal prospects, and, and that could catch up to Penn State. But just in terms of, hey, you know, Given the record on the field for the last two years, it probably wouldn't be a big surprise if a lot of people did leave Penn State, but that just has not happened. Right. And I think that's, you know, that's the kind of the intriguing thing is if you're, if they're going to go and hit the portal, well, where are they going to hit it? You know, obviously they, they hit some home runs this year uh, with Arnold Abichetti, um and Derek Tangelo, but, you know, more often than not, you just never know what you're going to get out of the transfer portal. And, and like you said, the guys that they're losing in the portal aren't guys that are major factors. They're guys that, that came as kind of highly touted recruits or middle of the road recruits. And they just, it just didn't happen. It didn't work out because division one football in the big 10 and division one football in general, that is a step up. And I think that's really hard for people to realize when you play high level elite high school football. And if you're an elite athlete, you have, it's a big jump to go from high school to the college game, just like it's call, it's a big jump to go from college to the pros. You know, that's kind of the, the, the fun thing about it too. But, you know, some, sometimes it just doesn't always work out and, and they go to, to better places and, or maybe not better places or a step above Penn State per se, but they go to another place and it really fits them rather well. Like Zach Kuntz, he goes to Old Dominion, has an incredible year um, for the Monarchs uh, under Ricky Ronnie, former offensive coordinator um, at Penn State. And, you know, sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. But, yeah, you're right. It's, 
it's kind of interesting to see that there's nobody jumping ship and maybe I mean, I mean, you see the lack of success the last few years on the record sheet, but again, they're putting guys in the NFL and, you know, at the end of the day, it doesn't really matter if you win in college. Yeah, that that's, that's fascinating. And that's really, you know, what we'll kind of end the segment and what we're, what we're bottom lining this is because again, uh, there are a lot of reasons for current and prospective players to not want to be at Penn State, Jared. There, there, there just are. There, there are a lot of reasons that if you're a key player at Penn State, you could get, do, do we really think Penn State's going to be all that good next year? I, I've got them going seven and five. Maybe with the, with the revamped schedule, it could be a little better. But, I mean, especially college basketball. And I know football and basketball are very different. There's so much movement in college basketball. That portal is just crazy. Uh, but Penn State's able to keep these guys, and they're able to sell to the recruits. I, As we're talking through all of this, I think it's pretty damn amazing, to be perfectly honest with you, because there could, there could be a lot of programs in Penn State's boat over the past couple of years, the way they've struggled off the field, that are not – they don't have the number six recruiting class in the country – that don't have most, you know, pretty much all of their key players sticking around and not going into the portal. Right. And, you know, it'll be interesting to see how this develops because, you know, can they go out and get some guys? Maybe, but you're right. What is, what, what can we expect from Penn state? I it's, it's going to be wild. And because they have the potential, they, they showed the flashes of promise early in this season, but at the end of the day, the results just didn't add up. And, but the good news is they returned you know, they return a ton of guys and, and they have a good recruiting class coming in that's already on campus and, you know, working towards getting that championship back to Happy Valley, if that's really what, what they're there for. Or if they're there to go to the NFL, that's okay too. Because, I mean, as we've seen, you know, time and time again, right now the NFL, there's still guys playing from, uh, from uh, Penn State. You know, you've got Robbie Gold uh, and Angels, Angels Wonder at kicker. You've got Kevin Givens, a uh, younger guy, Nick Scott. Grant Haley, um, guys like that. And, you know, that's what makes it, that's what makes it fun. And that's, you know, that's, that's, that's the goal, right? Your goal is to go to college to set you up for making money um, and going to the NFL and, and living, a, living a great life. But now, you know, and this kind of gets us to, a, to what we're going to talk about in the second segment here before we go. Now they can make money while they're on campus too. And I think that's something to pay attention to as we move forward too. Yeah, and we're, and we're going to get to the, some of these NFL guys a little bit later on, too, uh, by the way, because there are some really good discussions, Robbie Gold, Kevin Givens. Uh, one other component I wanted to mention uh, while we're talking about all this is the transfer portal. It's late January now. Um, what are they going to get? What's left? Uh, I had Mike Gross from Lancaster Online on my radio show this week, Jared, and he wrote a good column about Hey, some of these key players in the portal that have positions of need didn't choose Penn State. All right. And, you know, we're we're a month into this already. They they got Ebikiti, they got Derek Tangel Lesh. They'll probably get a few good players out of the portal. I mean, it, there, there's a long time still. Some things can still happen. But you, you do have to wonder for all the praise we're singing that they've been able to keep guys and, and not have a lot of guys go into the portal of, you know, significant guys. 
they haven't landed a bunch of significant guys. They did get the receiver from Western Kentucky, you know, who had about 90 catches this year. And that's, that's, that's big, but where are these impact players from the portal that we think could be the next Arnold Ebicady for 2022? We haven't seen that. And as Mike Gross pointed out in his column, some of these guys that, you know, if they targeted, you know, uh, we don't know exactly how much they ended up going to some other places and you just wonder how much Penn State might have been involved and in, and if Penn State was an attractive destination to to guys like that. Yeah, right. And I, it's going to be fun to see. And I mean, you see the successes and now we got to see it translate to to maybe some wins in the in the win column. But after um, after we come back from this quick break, uh, we'll get talking about why college football is changing and what's so great about making money while you're in college on the we are podcast and the dk pittsburgh sports podcasting network Welcome back to the We Are Podcast and the DK Pittsburgh Sports Podcasting Network. He's Corey Geiger. I'm Jared Prugar. And let's talk name, image, and likeness, Corey, because this is a point of contention for many schools around the country that seems to have an endless arms race of financial gain or financial capital, if you will. But at Penn State, it doesn't seem like that's quite the case. Would you agree or, or how, would you, how would you, what would you say, Corey? I'm fascinated by all of this, Jared, because, I, you know, we spent the first segment talking about how Penn State is really well positioned to compete, and it's still a brand and a destination, and it, it is a great place for players to want to come. We can get them to the NFL, so on and so forth. The name, image, likeness thing, I think, could be a concern for Penn State depending on how all of this goes in the coming years. Um, interesting uh, tweet out to what, what the, what the growth, what the folks at uh, on three are doing and blue white illustrated is now part of the on three network. I'm going to read you the tweet that Ryan Snyder sent out today because what on three is doing, they've tackled this project where they're trying to, place a value on these college athletes and what maybe their estimated worth in name image likeness could be worth based on their social media followings and whatever factors. I don't know all the factors that they're, that they're using, but this is, this, this struck my eye. This was really curious to me. It says Penn state's players average out to about $30,000 in regards to NIL value. That's not what they make, but what their average value should be worth. Ohio State's average is 32,000, while Michigan is 27,000. Texas A&M has the highest at 65,000. Okay, so let me tackle that a little bit. I don't know where they're coming up with these figures. They're smart people running these algorithms, I'm sure. And if they wanna come back at me and question me for criticizing them go right ahead 
those figures seem so far off base and unrealistic that it's laughable to me, to be perfectly honest with you. Because when it says Penn State's players average, average, Jerry, you have 85 scholarship football players. They're saying they're averaging $30,000 in NIL value. Not what they make, according to Ryan Snyder, but what their average values. Says who? What? Name me one player, one Penn State player that's made $30,000 this year in NIL. Maybe Sean Clifford had, maybe. I mean, he, he's out and about. His, his name's out there. He's involved in some of these things. Um, I've heard some stories that, you know, there are players that have some, some nice deals in, in, in State College with some car dealerships, restaurants, or clothing apparel places. I've, you know, you'll hear stories. This is saying that the average is $30,000 per – come on. It's, no, there's no way. Maybe some of these guys are going to get a million or something around college football. But the reality of this NIL, Jared, I'd say the overwhelming vast majority of college athletes are going to get very little to almost nothing, 50 dollars $100, $200. So you see what I'm getting at. You're going to throw out whatever metrics and algorithms you're going to use and say that the average value is thirty grand. Uh, I mean, I just think that does a disservice to the, the public because then people in the public start to think that maybe these players are, are worth that kind of money. And you mean to tell me the second, third string linebacker is worth 30000 No. Is he worth $100 in NIL? I don't know. I mean, I, 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 you, don't, you don't see a lot of these guys talking about those kinds of deals. Yeah, and it's it's interesting too because you know you obviously have to take in social media following. So that's Instagram, Facebook, mm-hmm. Twitter, TikTok, all those things add up. Now, do they add up to that type of money? I don't know. And it's it's very tough to put an average figure on something when you have almost a hundred kids on a roster because not everybody is the same, right? And I think that was the point of contention with NCAA football, right? Reggie Bush probably warrants a lot more money than say a Brendan Peretta to name a, a former Penn Stater from Altoona when they're on the game. Should they make the same amount of money? No, probably not. But at the same time, you know, you ha- finding that value I think is tricky because a lot of people put the averages out. Well, the average doesn't mean anything. Sean Clifford can make $40,000 and Jahan Dotson can make $80,000 or Eric Wilson can make $10 and, Gene Stalker is a great, 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 great guy, but you know, and, and are you putting monetary terms and say they get a car, say they get a, a dinner deal at the field or, or a local restaurant, you know, how are you calculating those numbers? And, it, and it, it, it's kind of the nature of the beast, right? It's there. It's just so out there and, and just so arbitrary, you know, Texas A&M, they got the, they got that oil money. They got all kinds of things down there. That's, that are just kind of crazy. Uh, same thing with Texas. Texas got uh, their linemen all have like 50 grand or, or something like that. They have a pool to, to get into. It, there's just so much that's up in the air and so much that's sub, like just completely subjective that it, it, it's an arms race and it's a scary, scary thing for, for a lot of universities. And Hey, it's, it is great. Let's hopefully we can all agree that it's great that these guys can get money. That's awesome for them. Um, you know, we, we want to see these guys have some leverage because most of them really have never had leverage uh, in, in college athletics forever. So it is great to see that. 
Um, but there needs to be some reality out there with regards to, well, here, here are the million dollar deals for a guy like a Quinn Ewers or, you know, maybe, maybe somebody like uh, Caleb Williams can get his million dollars somewhere, depending on where he goes. Hey, maybe Drew Aller can get a million dollars somewhere. Maybe there's some Penn State alum or donor that, that could find a way you know, to, to get him his money. I've always said if Saquon Barkley, if Saquon Barkley were at Penn State now, you know, like he was going into that 2017 season when he was the face of college football, what would Saquon Barkley be worth right now? But that's one guy. That's one guy. All right. Can we compare Saquon Barkley to Parker Washington or Theo Johnson or Devin Ford? All right. Are these guys making any money? And that's what I think we need to be really careful and cautious about is um, it is great to think that these guys can, can do whatever they can to make whatever they can for themselves. That's awesome. But we, we shouldn't just jump to this conclusion that a whole bunch of players in college football or college basketball, for that matter, are, are making a killing because most – I, I'd have to say 95 97% are probably making very little compared to, you know, what the public might be thinking they're making. Right. And, I, I mean, it's just such an arbitrary number, man. I mean, Saquon would have just destroyed – he would have made so much money, I think. Even Trace McSorley and, and you look at Pat Fryermuth and – Mike Isicki, I think all those guys, hell, that entire 2016 team could have made made some serious bank. But that's, I think that's, it's a blessing and a curse because there are guys like those types of players that deserve that money. They make a lot of money. They bring in a lot of money for universities and football programs and departments and and everything. But there are a lot of guys too that are that are much smaller than that that don't get that type of money. That you know those preferred walk-ons, right? That have to pay. They have to pay their way. Um, you know, those guys, while they don't have the name um, and brand that those other guys do, you know, it, it, it's a tough situation. Um, but I think that's and that's where social media comes in, because you look at TikTok, there are multiple guys and multiple athletes, not just in, in college football, but college basketball that are TikTok famous or whatever you want to say. And they make money off that. Now they can make money. You know, uh, there's a player, what, at St. Francis, Luke Ruggery, which is right up the road from us. He, he's able to make money off of TikTok now um, because of all of this. So it's it's just one of those situations, man. It's scary, like I said before, because how do you control it? How do you control what one player gets compared to another? And it's, Are they going to tie that into recruiting? You and know, when we're comparing schools, when you're comparing schools, Jared, it's going to be fascinating because as we talked at length earlier, Penn State has a lot of things going for it to be able to sell. But will NIL be one of them? And I don't necessarily think that it will be because you're still in to summon your Terrell Pryor comments again from the first segment. You're still kind of in the country. You're in a rural area. You don't have huge businesses in State College, Pennsylvania. You've got some. You got some some nice businesses, but you don't have huge corporations. You know, you've got a huge alumni base, and they can all band together and find ways to get as much money for these kids as possible. But I want to throw this out because Ohio State released this earlier in the week. Ohio State now they released this, I'm sure, because they want people out there to know this. And I'd like to see some of these figures from Penn State, but Ohio State 
claims that uh, their athletes have procured a total of $2.98 million in NIL earnings um, since, uh, what, July. Uh, so $2.98 million for Ohio State across its athletic department. Uh, that, so $3 million bucks, Jared. What, what, are, what do we think Penn State's total is? If Ohio State, Columbus, Ohio, State Capitol, downtown area, no, it's not the biggest city in the world, but you know, Ohio State is a huge, huge national brand as well. If they're at $3 million, what can we brainstorm or, or ballpark that Penn State might? Is Penn State even at a million? If, if you added up all of it, I mean, now, and who knows? Maybe some of that $3 million Ohio State talking about is, was the million that was supposed to go to Quinn Ewers. Mm -hmm. who ends up bolting but man i'd be i'd be surprised if penn state's even in a minute i'd be surprised jared if penn state's really even close to a million well you know you look at ohio state and i'm i'm guessing i'm looking i'm gonna look at the revenue sports there ohio state football okay you're probably about a million dollars there all told maybe a million and a half um at the at i think at the most so then you add in wrestling and then you add in basketball and you add in Hockey, let's say, and I'm, I don't mean any disrespect towards women's sports. I don't know that, that they have very many NIL, NIL deals um, at that level. So you look at, you kind of patchwork some of those, and I could see maybe two, two and a half, but at Penn State, and you look at those same sports, well, there isn't anybody in that Penn State basketball team that's making anywhere close to maybe a couple hundred, a couple thousand dollars. Uh, Penn State football, uh, probably is at the most a million. Um, Penn State wrestling, maybe a couple hundred thousand. So, you know, that's the situation too. I mean, it, it, it all depends on the sport. You know, you look at a, a school like, like a USC where they're, you know, their football program, those guys are going to be making a killing. But they also have basketball and, and they have those other sports that can bump that up. Now, I would be, I'm interested to see what, you know, what happens from here? How do they, again, can they regulate it? I don't think that they will. I don't think the NCAA is going to go near this with a 10 foot pole either. Now that they let it happen, there's no way they're going to get involved because they're done sticking their noses into, into other people's businesses because they did that multiple times. And we see the results that it happened, that, that happened. So, you know, can Penn State catch up and, and, and be in that arms race? I don't know. I, and, and is that the type of player that you want too, that is just there for the money? That's something that you got to be cognizant of too, because there is a lot of selfishness and a lot of greed throughout college football and college athletics. I'll, I'll say this. I don't, I, I'll, I do not think Penn state can catch up. I think what Penn state might need to hope for is that things don't get out of hand and that the <coughs> field stays the field comes back and stays within a realm of reasonability. Look, Penn State does have a huge alumni base. There will be Penn State players that can make money. If Drew Aller becomes a star, sure. Or Nick Singleton becomes the next Saquon Barkley, sure. There could be a lot of money for those guys. Now I'm talking even national money uh, mm -hmm. for some commercial. Yeah. 2017 Saquon Barkley, the face of college football, could have made a lot of money, a lot of money nationally. But I think what Penn State's going to have to hope for is that 
things don't just blow up for everybody. But here's the thing. This is going to blow. I guarantee, I, I, I'm, I'm a million percent certain that there are a number of programs in this country they're going to pay a boatload of money. They just are. They, they've got boatloads of money. Again, I'm talking about the places like the A&Ms of the world, the places with this, with this oil money, places in the Southeast that have gigantic uh, boosters, maybe a place like in Oregon with Phil Knight. We, we all know the places in college football. There will be five, eight, ten programs around the country that can just throw boatloads of money at whomever they want. Penn State, I don't think, is ever going to be able to do that. Now, is Ohio State and Michigan going to be able to do that either? I don't know. Not necessarily to the degree of maybe an, Ohio, an, an A&M. We'll see. But I think what Penn State's going to hope for is a course correction, a, a, a reversion to the mean where, okay, maybe for the first few years, people are blowing up and they're throwing all this money. And then maybe it'll come back over time and the money will get a little bit smaller. And I do think that will probably happen for a lot of places in college football. But those five, six, eight programs that I mentioned and some others don't count on those guys coming back. Count on it going the other way for those programs and them just continuing to throw boatloads of money at guys. Right. And I mean, to me, how could you not involve this in recruiting? Because, hey, listen, I'm, I am – so-and-so university and I have this opportunity for you this is what you can make this is what we can do for you and I think that's where you see you know that that valuation for Penn State athletes because they have a, a significant following those guys have incredible followings already they haven't most of them haven't stepped foot on campus yet to start classes but they've already got tens of thousands of followers on all of their social media channels that's huge that adds up that value adds up you know, I wouldn't be surprised if we saw the shoe companies get back involved in a legal manner because, hey, listen, Jahan Dotson, you're playing for a Nike school. Here's here's some money from Nike. Um, here's some Nike or, or whoever, you know, and that's you know, a situation you're going to have to wor worry about, too. But it's it's going to be interesting to see how this plays out, because I don't see the NCAA really giving two shits about it, uh, to be perfectly honest with you, now that it's done and over with. Yeah, I agree with that. We're in a different era now for all the complaining that everybody's done about the NCAA forever. Now we're in anarchy. Now we're in chaos. There's no policing. And we can complain that the NCAA didn't do a good job of policing things in the first place, and they didn't. Or even if they did investigate places like North Carolina, which is as crooked as it gets, and they just turn a blind eye to all that nonsense that goes on there. Uh, now there's no fake classes, fake yeah. classes, Corey. Yeah. Why is that not an NCAA thing? Oh, yeah. because they're not an academic institution. Yeah, right. But that, right, exactly. Uh, but going forward, there'll be no policing. It, it you do whatever the hell you want. I, I, I keep joking. It's not hundred dollar handshakes. It's million dollar pats on the back. It's, mm -hmm. uh, th this is what we're going to see. And so again, if you're Penn state, where will you be positioned in in this whole hierarchy Penn State's never going to be giving 20 and 30 million dollars to a recruiting class mm -hmm. like A&M report that's not ever going to happen nor should they right but if some of these other places feel like that's what they want to do hey 
it, it, it does happen. Boone Pickens gave seven, $800 million to Oklahoma state. You know, I, I think Phil Knight's given Oregon six, $700 million. I mean, yeah, I think Oregon just has an act has access to Phil Knight's bank account. Yeah. So there are places out there that are going to spend this money. And so you're going to have to find a way to compete with these guys. And this is what James Franklin was, you know, in a lot of different ways was talking about with his, tenure he wants to compete 365 days a year uh and make sure that every single thing is in place to do so right so Corey, before we get to the last segment before we take a break build your build your nil athlete you are an athlete you're going to play football build your perfect name image likeness deals from the bottom up oh it's easy it, it, again i keep coming it's saquon barkley in 2017 no, no 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 no. i'm saying if you were that if you're that player if you're that player what is the perfect NIL? What are the perfect NIL deals for you? Dudes love cars. So I think we'd probably start with some sweet, sweet ride of getting a, I don't know, what, what's a nice 75, it wasn't Escalade, like 75 grand, Jared. Oh man, I have no idea. I, I, mean, I don't know, man. I drive, the, I drive the, new, the new third row Jeeps. Are like ninety six grand for four wheel drive. All right, I I, <coughs> I I drive a minivan. I'm soccer dad. I'm Michael Keaton and Mr. Mom two twenty two twenty one whatever it takes. Uh, that's me. Uh, but so that's probably high up for because everybody loves a sweet ride. So if I'm it, probably the first thing I'm looking at is I'm getting me a seventy five to a hundred thousand dollar car. I'm I'm probably trying to work out some kind of deal. A realtor. Get, get me get me in, in with a, a remax here locally we've got uh you know caldwell banker town and country i don't know what they've got in state college i I'm, I'm getting me involved with a realtor deal to get me a house to get my mom a house or my dad a house or whatever all right Reggie would, though those would be probably right yeah exactly those would be probably first on my list jared and then obviously cash you want to you want you want to sign with a bank we got we got m&t bank here in central PA. I, I'm going to be the spokesperson for M&T Bank and see if they can pay me a hundred grand. And there's nothing wrong with that. I'd obviously like cash, but I'd like some food too. Um, yeah. Got to be taken care of, you know? Then you get fat though, Jared. Hey, real quick, let me tell this story. I got, when I, I've done the radio here in, in central PA about 12 years. When I first started, the deal I had, I really didn't get paid. I got paid in trade and that happens a lot in radio. I didn't get paid cash. I got to eat for free at a couple of really nice, fancy restaurants here in Altoona. And I got to eat a crap load of food for free. So I, my wife and I, so we ate, I'm talking hundreds upon hundreds and hundreds of dollars for free at these nice restaurants every month. And that was kind of the way I got paid. It was a pretty sweet deal. Wink, wink, no taxes. Uh, I think I'm past getting <laughs> audited here 12 years later. I don't know. But but the problem with that, Jared, is you get fat, man. <laughs> when you get paid in food, <laughs> if you're an athlete, you don't you don't want to be paid in too much food. If I was in college, it would be okay because I'd be working out. So now after college, oh, that'd be rough. But but yeah, I mean, it's going to be interesting to see how this develops. You know, every situation is different for these kids. Whether no matter what their upbringing. They can come from rich suburbia or inner city, you know, and that's going to change some outlooks too. 
Um, but it'll be interesting to see what happens from here because this is only the beginning and it's only going to get messier. But before things get too messy here on the We Are Podcast, we're going to take one more break and come back for the third and final segment on the DK Pittsburgh Sports Podcasting Network. Welcome back to the third and final segment of the We Are Podcast on the DK Pittsburgh Sports Podcasting Network. Corey, it is it is championship weekend in the NFL. And of course, if you're if you're very familiar with the graphic design department at Penn State, you know that a Penn Stater has played in every Super Bowl <laughs> except for five. <laughs> and that's going to continue this year. That's the worst damn graphic in the history of sports graphics. I, that was that's hilarious, man. That people remember that graphic from last year. That it came up because it came up today too, because Illinois, Illinois put out a tweet today. It says in giant letters, "Most top ten wins." So you're thinking it's Illinois, but it's actually Baylor. <laughs> And one and Illinois two, so it's a completely misleading graphic. And so then people started rehashing that Penn State graphic you're talking about. A Penn Stater has appeared in giant letters in every Super Bowl except for the except for five in real tiny letters. Oh, I remember that. that was hilarious, man. I love every second of it because those design flaws are my favorite because everybody finds one reason to nitpick, and I think it's great. But we have a bunch of guys that are still playing. You know, you have, you look. So let's let's break it down. Um, you've got Kansas City. Penn State does not have anybody on that roster. Um, but you look at a team such as San Francisco, who's playing the NFC Championship against the Los Angeles Rams. You have two a piece for San Francisco. You've got Robbie Gold. We talked about Robbie in the first segment briefly from Central Mountain. Uh, the Lock Haven or a Lock Haven area. He went to Penn State where he was not a great college. He was, I would venture to say he was an okay college kicker, but he's carved out an incredible NFL career. And he touched on that earlier this week um, about, about everything. So that's what he's been able to do with his career has been special. Kevin Givens, who I thought, you know, Kevin's an Altoona guy. He's, a guy that's played really, really well. He's playing some good football. He was very disruptive against the Cowboys uh, just a couple of weeks ago, and he's been getting after it in the backfield as he's as he's starting to get some rep counts. And I think that's that's really awesome for a kid like that. Um, you know, he goes undrafted, signs with the 49ers, is on the practice squad the year that they're in the Super Bowl. He's called up to the active roster. His first sat or first tackle, I believe, was against Marshawn Lynch. Of the Seattle Seahawks, um, and they go to the Super Bowl that year, and you know he's really done a great job of sticking around in San Francisco. Then you look at Los Angeles. You look at, look at Nick Scott and Grant Haley, and Nick Scott had the biggest play of the game against the Buccaneers, uh, in my opinion, uh, to help set up you know some of their late game heroics for the Rams last week. 
Yeah, the given story, that's big for us here locally in Altoona because undrafted free agent goes and, you know, that could have gone the other way, but he made the practice squad and, and good for him. He's he's carved himself a nice NFL career. Uh, so, so good for Kevin. He'll make a lot of money. He'll make a lot of money in the NFL. I think he's been a free agent uh, now. But Robbie Gold's story to me is, is the fascinating one, Jared, because you're talking about the seventh most accurate kicker in NFL history. And a guy's made 20, all 20 of his field goal attempts in the playoffs uh, in the NFL. That's the longest streak in NFL history of, of consecutive field goals in the playoffs. He's 20 for 20, kicked the Niners into the NFC Championship game against Green Bay. I actually, on my radio show today, I predicted this. Three seconds to go. Robbie Gold on the field. Field goal to win the game 23-20, send the Niners to the Super Bowl. That's that's my prediction. We'll see. Uh, but, you know, Robbie is – what I wrote earlier in the week was, could he be a Hall of Famer? And, again, you're talking the seventh most accurate kicker. This will be the, he, He's hoping to get to a third Super Bowl. Could he be a Hall of Famer? Well, the answer really is no, because the NFL just doesn't have kickers in the Hall of Fame. They've got two, two total kickers in the Hall of Fame. Morton Anderson, Jan Stenerud, Justin Tucker's probably going to go to the Hall of Fame if he continues his career. And Adam Vinatieri, you figure, is probably going to get to the Hall of Fame. It, it is extremely, extremely unlikely that Robbie Gold gets to the Hall of Fame, but I can make a case for him as a Hall of Famer. And when he made two-thirds of his field goals in his Penn State career and missed a whole bunch of kicks, Jared, nobody would have ever thought Robbie Gold was going to have this kind of pro career. Yeah, it's been fascinating to see it. And, and, you know, we looked it up a couple of weeks ago, and it was 2005 he came into the league. It is 2022 right now. That's, yeah. and that's wild, you know. Um, and kicking is a game. You're on your own little island, man. Kickers are quirky. And you're on your own little island, and it, it's, it's a lonely island at times because when you don't have success, man, the jokes are out. They're bad. They are devastating. And that, you know, at, at times, it, it, you're in your own head, you know, and Sam Ficken at Penn State dealt with that. Every kicker, I'm sure, goes through that, the yips. And, and you know, you're fortunate enough to be – and he's kicked in some big games. Um, and, you know, it, it's just one of, one of those situations. And I, I think that's great for him. And to go out there and, and in those big moments – you know, it's, um, you know, it, that's, that's a really cool thing. Hey, let me read this quote. I went to Lock Haven in, uh, what, 2006, 2007, before Robbie was going to the Super Bowl with the Bears. I drove to Lock Haven. I was working at the Altoona Mirror, wrote a story on Robbie's career, talked to his mom and his dad, uh, did a big extensive piece and you can find that story at DK Pittsburgh sports. I, I wrote a piece about Robbie last week and I, I included the other, other story at the bottom. Here's what his mother Cheryl told me. This is great, man. Here's what Robbie's mother Cheryl told me about Robbie's college career at Penn state quote, Robbie had like six holders when he was there. It just kept changing before the Purdue game. They warmed up with a holder and snapper. And when the game time came, they used a different holder. <laughs> so when you think about Robbie struggling in college, 
what a shit show the Penn State football program was at that time, man. You're talking yeah, about you're right. years from 03 and 04. You know, one people wondering if Joe, you know, Joe was able to get it back starting 05. But really, when I read you that quote, Robbie had six holders. He was had the holder before the game, and when he was a different guy. Does that surprise anybody from what we knew about those Penn State teams in the early 2000s? No, no, that's not surprising at all because that was some really, really bad football. <laughs> and, and and we joked, but, like, that was some awful Penn State football. They were not good no. whatsoever. And neither was he. Look, yeah, to be right. honest with you, Robbie Gold was not a real good college kicker. Uh, but, hey, hats off to that dude, man. What a pro career he's had. Right, and that's and I think that's what's awesome. And 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 he and the guy and those guys are, and, and the Rams – uh, the guys from the Rams, Haley and, and Nick Scott, who were teammates. Uh, well, him, all three. So Haley, Scott, and Kevin Givens were all teammates when they were at Penn State. And obviously, Robbie Gold was way, way older um, than those guys. But, you know, they are what's going to make Penn State an, in the Super Bowl again so that they don't have every Super Bowl except for six. And I think that's – you know, again, we go back, we talk about, <laughs> we'd like to joke around here, but we talk about what, what, what you want to do as a university, right? And do you want to promote and get these guys to the NFL? Or do you want to win, do you want to win games, national championships? Can you do both? And at Alabama, they definitely do both. At Clemson, until this year, they've done both. Um, but Penn State's turning out a lot of NFL-type talent. And while the results are mixed on the field of late, you know, what is, what do you want that to be? Well, it gives us a chance to bookend our podcast here. So we can maybe end it on this, what we talked about earlier. Why is Penn state still doing so well with regards to recruiting with regards to keeping guys and not having them go into the portal? Penn state can get you to the NFL. Uh, yeah, obviously you want to win games in college and, and, and you know compete for championships, but Penn State can get you to the NFL. The program has done an excellent job at that. Um, the, the playoffs are, are a great example of it as well. Pat Fryermuth, great rookie year. Uh, Micah Parsons is going to be the NFL rookie of the year. I mean, just phenomenal. Penn State can get young men where they want to be. They can achieve their goals going to Penn State and that is um that has been a, a great a great part of James Franklin's program and it does kind of go back to what we were talking earlier why so many things are still going well for Penn State despite the record on the field the last two years yeah and that's kind of what makes college football unique right because these guys are aren't always the greatest on the field now a lot of those 2016 teams like Haley Nick Scott and and those guys, um, that team was really good. And obviously, that's why a lot of those guys are going on to have the careers that they're having in the NFL because they are talented football players. But, you know, that's what makes it unique because you can win, but you also produce some NFL talent and, and for, for life after football. And I think that's what makes the college game so unique and so special. Um, but, again, it's figuring out what you want to be. and. Can we say Super Bowl on here, or do we got to do this big game bull crap? I'm not really sure. Super... I'm saying Super Bowl. I'm going. I'm going Niners and Chiefs, and I think the Chiefs win it. Jared, who are you going with? So I'm going to go Super 
Al. Um, and I listen, I like the Niners and the Bengals a rematch from a while ago. You got the Bengals beating the Chiefs. I love Joey Burrow, man. Dude, he's got some moxie. He's got a chip on his shoulder. Now, don't get me wrong. I do not like the city of Cincinnati, and I'm sorry if any of our listeners are from Cincinnati. I just don't have very good memories uh, from there. But, you know, it, it's – I'd like to see the 49ers and the Bengals. The 49ers are my mother's team. Uh, so, obviously, that would be nice. It's, it makes her happy. So, that's one less stress that I have to have. I actually have to pay her back. Um, we lo- I lost a bet because I took the Cowboys to win. So, I owe her dinner. Um, so that's a shame. And I know I still owe you dinner because I, I would imagine that I lost our pool um, week to week for Penn State uh, projections. But, um, but yeah, I like, the, I like the Niners and I like the Bengals. J- Jimmy Garoppolo is playing some good football. And, and Joey Burrow, man, he's a special talent. But, you know, Andy Reid, Andy Reid's Andy Reid. So it'll be a, it'll be a fun game uh, on both sides. You know, it, it's really interesting because the Rams have been second fiddle to the 49ers on the field for quite some time. I think the I think 49ers have to... I think six in a row. I think the yeah. Niners have beaten them six times in a row. So, wow, that's – but I, I just – hey, I love Joe Burrow. I think the Bengals are a little ahead of schedule. Uh, I, I, I'm i not going against Pat Mahomes, Patrick Mahomes, man. That dude, that dude, I, I think this is – he is – this is his playoffs. I think he, they're going to he plays quarterback like a shortstop, and I think that's yeah, I, I like that. Yeah, that's a good point. Yep, very unique. But but again, you know, this is the best time of the year, and it'll be interesting to see how how the games go. Um, and we'll talk about it hopefully more next week. You know, because for out of all of the Super Bowls except for five, Penn State will have at least <laughs> one player. So for Corey Geiger, worst sports graphic of all time, worst or best depends on your perspective. But for Corey Geiger, I'm Jared Prugar. Thank you as always for listening to the We Are podcast on the DK Pittsburgh Sports Podcasting Network. We'll talk to you again next week. 